Welcome to the PIO Guy podcast, where we focus on tips and skills new public information officers will need to be successful in their new career. This is my first season with the podcast, and I invite you to sit back, take notes, and let's dive into PIO 101. All right. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Todd Harmison, and I am the PIO Guy. And today we're back with another episode of the PIO Guy, where we talk about all tips, tricks, and tidbits to being a public information officer and, and or a crisis communicator. And today I thought I would dive into uh, the world of public information officer from a fire department standpoint and kind of go through the many hats that a PIO will wear at a fire department. And, and these by no means are, are required, um, but obviously many times at a fire department, our staff are, are limited uh, when we are on a, a working structure fire or an event going on, you know, it, it's like every agency, all hands on deck and there's not extra people to typically go around. So I wanted to kind of delve into what else a public information officer can do, not only on scene, but then during non-emergency times as well to be value added for your department. So as a public information officer, you know, one of the hats that we wear certainly is, is media relations. All of the time, we should be engaging with our local media, talking about points of interest related to fire prevention, fire education, um, recognizing our employees for uh, great work for the, for the job that they do. And also being that liaison with the media. So oftentimes you are one agency of maybe 10, 50, 100 agencies in that news market. And it's our job to promote our agency. So you kind of uh, think of it as a little bit you're vying for that spot in the news media. You're competing against law enforcement with things that are going on, crime in the community. You're competing with the politicians that are wanting to uh, get their political message across to the news media. And so it's our job to make sure that the fire service is represented as well. The other thing is public communication. Oftentimes a PIO should be the liaison to the public. So if the public has a question about your agency or wants to reach out about fire service or or fire prevention, the public information officer, you should be that go-to person for your agency, whether that's the telephone call coming in, whether that's through social media, through your website, or you know even a, a public member stopping by the firehouse. Uh, certainly the PIO should play a, a very vested role in that public communications liaison. Oftentimes, public education and outreach falls under the PIO's responsibility. We're coming up next month is Fire Prevention Month, and the PIO division should be very actively promoting fire safety and fire education during Fire Prevention Month and Fire Prevention Week. 
So that's something that uh, certainly the PIO in coordination with the officers in coordination with the members of your department. You know, there, there's not, I, I can't think of any fire service out there that has enough public information and public affairs people that they can do all of these tasks without the support of the men and women on the front line who are the firefighters, the EMTs, the paramedics of the department. We as public information officers should be the ones that are the conduit to bring the message to the public, but it takes the members of the department as well. We also are the crisis communicators. During the incident, we should be the individuals that are communicating to the public, giving the public that right information at the right time to the right people so the people can make that vested decision. They can make the decision that's right for their family and for their business and their home to keep them safe. Another function is media monitoring and analysis. Something that I do on a daily basis is I'm checking, I, I go to the websites of my major television affiliates here, the NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, our local print papers, even our radio stations. I don't do that every day, but periodically go check out the local radio stations, see what they're talking about. What is their uh, angle on different news events that are going on? As a public information officer, we're not only looking at the news that's occurring in our area, but you should be looking at the news that's going on statewide, nationwide, worldwide, because that's something that maybe we can get ahead of if we hear about something that's occurring. Maybe there's a, a TikTok trend that's causing medical emergencies with young people. If we see that occurring in other communities, we as public information officers should be getting out ahead of that information, trying to educate the public about the hazard of whatever uh, TikTok or, or Instagram or social media frenzy that's going on at the time. Another thing is when there are large events going on, maybe we have a similar facility or a similar threat in our community where you work at. Maybe using a nationwide event such as an earthquake or a deadly tornado. Maybe you're able to use that information and spin it with empathy. And we talked about empathy in the last uh, video podcast and blog of mine. But using empathy to educate the public that we could have that same risk in our community. Lessons learned from other tragedies can save lives in our communities if we use that information properly. Another thing that public information officers oftentimes get involved in is, is on scene and being that liaison with the victims. If it's a house fire, if it's a, a tragic car accident, you know, while the firefighters and the officers are doing their jobs, maybe the public information officer can reach out and start the liaison with the American Red Cross, with other shelter facilities, working on getting report information from the family. That's all something that takes time. 
but a public information officer can certainly start that process. Also, talking to the neighbors. Have the neighbors seen or heard anything? You're, you're not doing it from an investigative standpoint. Do not confuse the initial talking to the neighbors, talking to the homeowner about what occurred or you know what, what may have started the fire. You're not investigating. You're gathering background information. At the point that you hear something, whether it's a pattern, whether it's several or multiple individuals giving you data that may lead you to believe that something is suspicious about this incident, that's when you stop and you contact the incident commander, give him or her that information so that the incident commander can decide whether or not to bring in law enforcement, fire investigators, other resources such as that to conduct an actual investigation. You're just trying to gather before that, you're just trying to gather background information, maybe talking to the family uh, in general about what their needs are and who lives in the residence and what kind of pets did they have, that kind of information. Those things all go into the fire report, but will also provide data if we need to find alternative housing, things like that for the family. Public information officer is a great person to be able to do that because you have learned about empathy and you've learned about the listening skills of our job as public information officers. Another thing is resource management. On scene of a large incident, I know as a public information officer, you're oftentimes going to be busy passing on that information to the public. But if you have the resources, if you have the ability or or the bandwidth to take on more responsibility, most every incident commander would certainly uh, welcome uh, resource management as a support function that you could do to help out during an incident. Keeping track of what resources are in staging, what resources are still incoming, what resources are committed on scene keeping track of all that information, knowing that as you're pulling resources out of staging is communicating with the staging officer, communicating with incident command, maybe to start the initiation of more resources to be called to the scene if necessary. So that's something that a public information officer can do. I bring this up because as a PIO, We're not fighting the fire. We're not oftentimes cutting people out of a car. We're not oftentimes being the the first line caregiver. But there are many other functions that still need to occur to keep everyone at the safe, keep everyone at the scene safe. And if we're doing our piece and we have the ability and the knowledge and the skills to take on more responsibility, that creates more more need, more security for you as an individual member of the team. You're not just the person that they see that talks to the media when there's a two or a three alarm fire. Let me tell you, folks, as the economy starts to tighten up, agencies over the next year or two are going to be looking at ways to consolidate. Where can we find 
excess people? Where can we trim if necessary to put men and women back on the fire trucks, back in the ambulances for a police department, back on the streets? And we have to make ourselves valuable team members. We have to be able to do more than just being that person that does the interview when the big incident occurs. So I challenge each of you two things. Number one, look at ways that you can increase your skills and your value to your department. Is there more education? Is there more training that you can make? If you're not an EMT, Maybe it's going to EMT school. Maybe it's going to paramedic school. Maybe it's becoming an arson investigator. I don't know. Maybe it's as simple as going through incident command classes and becoming uh, a 300 or 400 level incident commander to make yourself more valuable. The second thing I I challenge each of you with when you finish this uh, video cast today is to go to my website thepioguy.com. I have a lot of tips, tricks, and tidbits out there for public information officers to help you do your job in a better way.